This is Dempsey Arsenal, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Kylie Omiller showing off those shifty skills. Driver driving hard down the alley, and he scores. What a goal from Josh Bird. Kayla Trainer fires to score. You're kidding me. By Dylan Ward. Gets topside right. Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network, your go-to podcast for interviews with professional players, coaches, and executives, as well as the latest news and analysis from all three professional lacrosse leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Adam Moore and Hutton Jackson. What's up, Pro Lacrosse fans? Welcome to another edition of Pro Lacrosse Talk. I'm your host, Hutton Jackson, joined by my co-host, Adam Moore. Fresh off of a terrific first week of Athletes Unlimited. Today we're going to be talking about week one in the new Women's Professional Lacrosse League, a new iteration of Women's Professional Lacrosse, which we're really excited about. We'll discuss a little bit about week two as well. Um, we'll get to talk with week two captain Dempsey Arsenault, and then we'll preview the PLL's return, as well as discussing a huge signing as Dylan Malloy has found a home in the PLL. So a lot of big stuff to kind of cover, but let's start off with the AU, Adam. What do you think? What are some opening thoughts uh, from this weekend in the, the first week of Athletes Unlimited's lacrosse season? It was an absolute blast to watch. So excited. They're back on the field. It's been way too long. Uh, the brand of lacrosse is just fantastic. You know, the, the AU's leadership council really did a great job of implementing rules that will make the game uh, faster, more exciting. And it, it was just a blast to watch. I was just really happy to see them back on the field. Yeah. And fans were treated to actually live lacrosse on Sunday. They allowed fans in, which I think is really exciting. They can continue to allow fans um, a limited capacity, but um, some fans are getting to see live lacrosse in Maryland, which I think is awesome. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it was great for, for these women to finally get back on the field. I mean, we had talked to Marie McCool a little bit about, you know, kind of just waiting so long to, you know, start playing again. Um, so let's toss to some sound from Kylie Olmiller and Marie McCool on the opening day in Athletes Unlimited. During the opening ceremony, a lot of us were talking about that we've never been able to be, you know, in this kind of setting. So just to know that it was a nationally broadcasted game. And um, like Kayla said, it's been a long time since we've been out on the field and then being able to do it in that setting where women's professional lacrosse has never been. I think it was really special for all of us. What about this whole scoring uh, system that that seems to be like a little different and confusing for people like me that aren't familiar to it? Uh, how, how is that something that you're able to uh, think about while you're playing? Yeah, I mean, I, it's obviously very different um, from what we're used to, but I think it's really exciting for the game. I think a lot of us um, are always willing to try new things and have fun with it. Um, I know for me personally, I try not to think about it in the game. Um, all I'm thinking about is what can I do for my team to help us win? So I'm sure I can speak for other people as well, but I think it's really cool just to, to be a part of something new. So obviously, you know, it, a little bit different rule set than they're used to, um, but really both of them just talked about how excited they were to be back on the field and, you know, how it was kind of a long time coming. Um, obviously, we missed them last season, uh, but happy to have them back. Um, give me some highlights from this weekend. We had six games from Athletes Unlimited, which I think is awesome, um, and a variety of different places you could watch. CBS Sports had both the Friday night games, and then FS1 had the first game of both Saturday and Sunday, and then you were able to watch actually on the Athletes Unlimited Facebook, YouTube, or our Facebook page as well, the games, uh, the second games on both Saturday and Sunday. And that will continue to be um, as we go throughout the season. So you can definitely tune in to our lacrosse playground Facebook if you want to catch those later games on Saturday and Sunday. But yeah, give me some, uh, some of your thoughts from the opening weekend, Adam. 
Yeah, I mean, literally from from the first draw control, we saw a ridiculous BTB by Haley Majorona. So if that was literally any kind of calling of what was to come, then uh, you knew it was going to be an awesome weekend. So um, one of my favorite rules was, was the two-point arc. We, we heard from Marie McCool uh, chatting about her experience this weekend. She was the first uh, to score uh, a two-bomb for the AU. And the, the speed of the game was awesome. One thing I really enjoyed um, was there was no shooting space calls. I didn't realize that, to be honest with you, until we started watching and the the ability for for these athletes to to go to cage to not have to stop uh with this shooting space infractions was something i, I loved um and it was just a really fast-paced game you know we we talked uh, on previous pods about the shortening of the field um yeah i just i loved everything about uh, the rule set and um the, the play was fantastic like i said um and the particularly Kayla Trainer, who's uh, at the top uh, of the leaderboards, right behind another Kayla and Kayla Wood. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the play was phenomenal. Kayla Trainer uh, played insane, and I think she's arguably the best player in the world um, after uh, week one. So uh, just was a lot to take in and, and a lot of awesome stuff. Yeah, no, and you mentioned Kayla Wood. It was great to see her, you know, make her – uh, pro debut. Obviously, yeah. she was a senior on that UNC team uh, this past season. She ended up being the top captain of this week. Um, yeah, overall, I mean, Team Gold, Team Miller dominated. Uh, they yeah. won, went three and zero on the weekend, which was a big reason why all four captains were from Team Gold. But yeah, overall, I mean, it was just a fun weekend. Uh, a lot of highlights, like you mentioned, Haley Majoranas, Sammy Joe Tracy had a BTB goal to start the game, I think in the second day or whatever, um, you know, and Katrina Dowd was balling out, um, you know, her team, obviously team Dowdy didn't do as well on the weekend, but they, you know, the comp- competition level was an all time high, you know, all these games were competitive, which I think was nice other than maybe the first one um, team Old Miller kind of whooped up on them in that first game. But um, overall, yeah, it, it was back and forth. Uh, I love Taryn Joe Benanani on the call. I know I, I preach that every week, but, just hearing him call professional lacrosse, no matter what level, no matter what, uh, you know, iteration is just awesome to hear. And I might need to clip a new uh, Kayla trainer soundbite. I have a, quite a few to, to choose from. She had 10 goals and three assists on the weekend. So yeah, she, she did a great job. Dempsey Arsenault was right behind her with four goals, five assists. We're actually going to talk to her a little bit later, as I mentioned. So it'll be nice to get her thoughts on the opening weekend and uh, kind of the inside look at drafting a team as well as we yeah. caught up with her right after drafting her team but yeah overall I, I thought the level of play was great um, I thought the goalie play was really solid too like none of these games were really that high scoring obviously they're a little bit faster paced uh, running clock uh, but overall yeah I, I thought it was uh, you know a pretty good pacing for the game and I thought these goalies kind of stood tall um, Angie Benson had a, a big save off of Sam Apuzo late in her second game to give them the win um, Sam Apuzo had a nice two-point attempt that would have actually tied the game and uh, Angie Benson saved I think it was off uh, off hip nice save that she made to, to save the game for her team so overall I thought the level of play across the board was great um, and it's just great to see some women's lacrosse back you know I know you've been a huge fan for a while I've kind of been new to the game women's lacrosse is actually the pure form of lacrosse in terms of how it used to be played um, and that's not a disservice to the men's game at all but they're always just up and down the field and you could really see like the fluidity in the plays 
Uh, Michelle Tumalo had that nifty goal too, where she Ridiculous. was falling down and that ended up being huge too. Cause it helped them win that quarter as well, which, you know, with the point system, um, I think that was kind of interesting to see how that all played out. Yeah. And, and as you can see, we have uh, almost half of the top 10 currently on the AU leaderboard are either uh, defensive players or goalies. Um, the, the five and six right now on the leaderboard are the, uh, the gold goalies, the team old Miller goalies uh, from this past weekend. It'll be interesting to see um, now that we're a week in, now that the teams are so different going into week two, uh, how things really, really shake up um, because uh, it won't be all those uh, goldies up top uh, since they're all on different teams going into week two. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And we did see, uh, you know, a little bit of a reunion. Dempsey ended up picking Tally Olmiller for yep. Team Blue. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later, but let's go into our picks for the week. This time around, we're just going to list them all and then we'll kind of give our highlights. But my picks for this weekend for the six games are I'm going with Taylor Cummings in game one between Team Wood and Team Trainer. I thought she, she was the top of the leaderboard, probably I think around seven or eight, despite playing for Team O'Donnell. So she was like the only one in the top 15 that was from Team Purple and not from Team Gold. So I think that just shows her value. So I'm picking her this first game. I'm going with Kylie Olmiller in the second game. I like Kenzie Kent. I thought she had a good weekend going with her in the third game. And then I'm going with Kayla Trainer, the captain of Team Orange this week. Uh, back in orange, her color from Syracuse. I'm going with her in game four. Um, I like Meg Dowdy to bounce back a little bit too. She had a good weekend, but her, her team obviously just didn't perform at a high level. I think she's going to do well in game five. And then I'm going with Sam Apuzo, who also I hope to bounce back um, in game six. And then overall, my MVP uh, of that group, I'm going with Kylie Olmiller. Uh, I feel like she had a great weekend. Maybe flew under the radar a little bit because of some of her teammates like Kayla Trainer, Kayla Wood, and Dempsey Arsenault. But I think she's going to have a huge weekend, and I'm picking her to be the overall MVP of this weekend. Hey, that's not a bad pick. She's able to pick a fantastic team. So she's definitely uh, going to be in consideration for this week for MVP. My picks, uh, just going through the list. I started with Kayla Trainer last week. I'm starting with her again. She's number two right now on the leaderboard. You can't go wrong there. Going Marie McCool, game two. Uh, rookie Allie Kennedy uh, in game three. I think she really played well um, for Team Gold last week, and I think that's going to continue. Got to continue with that goalie love in Kaylee Waters in game four. Um, going with another rookie, Alyssa Perella out of Hofstra um, for uh, game five. I really think uh, she she played well in week one and uh, really enjoyed watching her at Hofstra. So I think she's going to uh, do really well in week two. Uh, last game pick is Haley Warden. She hasn't been talked about. She's a captain, right? Mm-hmm. I think she's kind of going under the radar. She helped put JMU on the map, winning a national championship, and she had a phenomenal uh, week one. So let's give her some love. My overall uh, MVP is arguably my favorite player to watch. We talked to her last week, Marie McCool. I think she's one of the best players in the world. She can do it all. Her elusiveness uh, and, and that first first step speed is absolutely insane. So um, definitely going with Marie McCool as my MVP for week two. No, I love that. And uh, Haley Warden back in purple, JMU yep. purple, and you got Marie McCool back in uh, Carolina blue. So I think it's kind of nice seeing some of these uh, athletes back in their college colors. Uh, makes it a little bit more fun to, to watch. But uh, yeah, those are our picks. You ended up beating me. 
this past week, you had 1,146 points total. I had an 889, so not bad um, overall, but you ha- have gotten off to a pretty good start in week one. We'll see who wins cumulatively at the end of the season. Obviously, I got crab cakes on the line. You got cheesesteaks mm-hmm. on the line. Go. Um, so when we get to link up again, we'll see who ends up uh, coming out victorious. But um, overall, yeah, I thought we did a pretty good job actually picking. Uh, I had a rough game five, but you didn't have such a great game five either. Um, and it, it kind of led us to, you know, realize too how important it is for these teams to actually win. You know, it's it's sometimes easy to pick players, but the te- teams themselves, if they win quarters, that really helps them boost their point value. Yep. So um, overall, I thought we did a, a decent job picking our first week. We'll see how we do week two as well. I'm hoping to bounce back. Um, but like I mentioned, we got to talk to Dempsey Arsenal, who's one of the captains for this week. So let's hear, take a quick break, hear a word from Anchor, and then we'll go into our interview with Dempsey Arsenal. Welcome back to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network. We're here with Dempsey Arsenal, former All-American, Torton finalist, former WPL MVP and champion, and the newest captain for week two of Athletes Unlimited. Dempsey, first, thanks for coming on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm awesome. Thanks for having me. Well, obviously, you had tonight's draft under your belt. Um, We're recording this on a Monday right after the draft. I had a terrific draft, and that's because you had a great week one performance uh, for Team Gold. Um, But let's kind of go back to this past college season. Obviously, you weren't on the team, but you got to watch your Boston College Eagles win their first championship. How special was that to see uh, some former teammates win a championship? I was so happy for them. I actually was in New Hampshire with two of my um, BC roommates, and they played lacrosse too. And we watched the semis and we were like, oh my gosh, we have to go down there. So we got in the car, drove from New Hampshire to Maryland and was there in person to watch them win it. And it was so incredible. I'm so happy that they were able to do it and just being there and being in that environment. I'm just like, oh, I was in awe. I was just so happy. Yeah. Talk about your time at uh, Boston College a little bit too, and kind of how you grew as a player from your freshman year through your senior year. I started actually a lot of people don't realize this but I actually started as a low defender my first two years Um, and I think I would not be where I am today playing in the AU and playing professionally without it because it really taught me how to like build a team and kind of work as a team and so starting as a defender I feel like now I take so much pride in like being a defensive midi Um, but yeah my junior year I started transitioning into being more of a midi um, instead of just coming over for plays and yeah, no, I, I really like, I'm so happy that I was a low defender, which I know there's some girls now that are like stuck on defense, wanting to be middies, but you just got to put the team first and I promise it'll all work out. Well, it certainly worked out for you right after BC, right? Yeah. You headed to play uh, pro with WPLL. I don't think you could have had a better rookie campaign, right? Winning league MVP, a championship with the brave. Talk a little bit about that first season in the pros. It was so cool. I got to play with so many great players. Um, my midi line was awesome. Playing with like Amanda and Marie, I was really, really fortunate. But yeah, no, they just, I, I, it was so weird because I came right off of like playing like, like as far as I could making yeah. international championship mm-hmm. and losing. So finally getting that win, I think it was my sixth like final like championship game. And I was like, okay, like either I'm going to win or Sam's going to win. And like, <laughs> we can finally put it like a tally yeah. mark and obviously I'm hoping it was me, but like, uh, I just remember that feeling being like so liberating, being like, oh my gosh, finally. Remind me if I'm wrong, but your first WPLL game was at Hopkins, right? Where where, where the national championship was. You you, at, you started right, right where you kind of finished your college career, right? 
Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I've never thought of that. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. No, and, you know, talk a little bit about the transition from the college game to the pros. Obviously, a little bit of different a rule set, and the rule set's kind of changed even from then now to AU, but how's the adjustment been from going from the college game now to the pros? Uh, it's been, it was really fun. I feel like because I mean, like we made it so far in college, I really took it more. I was just like playing lacrosse to have fun. Whereas like, there was like so much pressure in college, like getting to that final four again. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just remember like having so much fun and just like being like really free and just kind of like taking it like as it was instead of like overthinking. And I think that really helped me on the field and also just playing with so many awesome players that I've looked up to was really cool too. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, you know, kind of talking about some fantastic teammates and players you looked up to, you're on Team USA, right? Uh, and you've mentioned going to Towson to, to watch the Eagles win. You'll be at Towson next summer, hopefully, with uh, Team USA for the Worlds. Talk about your excitement uh, to compete uh, for Team USA. That's my goal. Still a lot of time left and hard work that's to be put in. But yeah, that's been a dream of mine. And so every time I get to go, um, and play and wear that uniform it's really like a dream come true and it's something that I've really strived for since like I started playing lacrosse um, but yeah no I still catch myself like looking around me in the locker room and being like oh my gosh like how lucky am I to be playing with these legends like it's so cool I yeah it's been awesome no that's great and unfortunately you know COVID kind of robbed you of your pro season last year but then the athletes unlimited uh, team came in they stepped in and they started this lacrosse league how did they approach you about the new league and kind of what was your initial excitement when you found out that women's professional lacrosse was coming back so at first it was a little weird because there was this whole foreign concept about like you're having to move to Maryland for a really long time in your mm -hmm. summer and there's yeah. this point system and it was just kind of like a like it was just a weird concept but then once a lot of people started getting on board I think everyone kind of got excited. Any chance you get to play, you're going to do it. And so it was just kind of like that initial like shock factor. Like, like once you kind of like, wait, what? Once that wore <laughs> off and you kind of thought about it, it's like, how could you say no? This is an amazing opportunity. And I'm so happy that I did it because so far it's been really unbelievable. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, obviously I had a great week one for Team Ole Miller. You yourself scored four goals, five assists, tallied 463 points for the AU leaderboard. That's why you're a captain this week. Gold Squad seemed to gel literally from that opening jaw when Haley scored that BTB. What really went into kind of, or what really could you attribute that immediate success to? Honestly, I think we were just having fun. I feel like we didn't really like think too much about the X's and O's. We, mm -hmm. none of us have really ever played together as one group. And so we just were having fun and just like enjoying being around each other. We're out in the sun. Like we just were like really having a good time. And I think that like correlated to our performance. Yeah, no, obviously you're going to, this week, you're going to get some practice time together too. But leading up to that first weekend, you guys didn't really have much time, quick turnaround after the draft. So how did you guys like build chemistry throughout the week and kind of what's been your, your daily schedule been like since you've been on campus uh, for this Athletes Unlimited League? Yeah, it's definitely kind of hard to build chemistry right off the bat just because it's brand new people and you don't have that much time. But I think we, we all kind of last week, we all bought into the game plan and just kind of like just playing hard and like being unselfish. And I'm hoping to kind of carry that over into this week. Um, but yeah, our day to day has been pretty much like we wake up, go to practice and then we all just kind of hang out. One day we went to the pool. One day we played spike ball. It's literally like adult summer camp. Like, how could you like say no to this? It's so much fun. That's awesome. Yeah, we had Marie McCool on last week, and she was like, it's almost like going back to the college dorms all over again. 
and not to mention, uh, and speaking of Marie, you picked her this tonight in, in the draft. So you'll be, you'll be teaming up with her this week. You're back with Kylie, Sammy, Joe. So you have a fantastic squad going into week two, including who I think the best goalie in the league is in Kaylee Waters. So talk about kind of your thought process going through this draft. I know you mentioned pre that it was a pretty intense experience. Yeah. I'm so happy with how it turned out my team. So how it works is like, when you get picked, you get dropped into a Zoom room. So mm-hmm. I was able to talk to the girls that I just drafted and they were so helpful. And like, we were really thinking things through. And I feel like a lot of the ones that we kind of thought, like we were predicting who they were going to pick. And I think we predicted pretty right because usually when we would say someone, we ended up getting them, which is nice. so lucky. Um, but yeah, all today I was like talking to my parents. I was talking to Sam a lot because I really thought I was going to end up with her. Um, just because usually like the people that you want are like the people that take the draw because the draw is so important. Sure. So like those big, big name people, like you want to get one of them that can like really help control the draw. And so I was like, wait, I'm going to get Sam. And then when Haley like threw that curveball, I was like, oh my gosh. But I was like really happy. And we played, I played with Marie on Team Brave. So I'm so excited. And she's awesome to play with. And I'm just really excited about my whole team. You know, we'll have to wait a little bit longer to see the Boston College reunion. Um, but hopefully we'll see it coming up this couple of weeks. So three more weeks, so plenty of time. But uh, talk a little bit about, too, your preparation, um, you know, for this upcoming week. Now you guys have a week ahead um, kind of what is your game plan going into, you know, this week and, uh, you know, the upcoming three games slate? Yeah, I'm excited to see kind of how we all mesh together tomorrow at practice. I think a lot of our bodies are a little bit tired. We're mm-hmm. not used to playing three games in a row. So yeah. I think kind of like making sure that we recover and um, just kind of like mesh and hang out off the field too, I think it's going to be really um, important. But yeah, no, I'm excited to see kind of like how it looks on the field rather than just on paper. No, absolutely. We certainly are looking forward to that too. Uh, we'll dive into our five and five now. I'll start with the lacrosse questions and Adam will take the off the field questions. The first one I have, and this can be out through college or also the pros, but what are some pregame routines that you have? In college, I always wore my hair the same way. I wore it in our scrimmage and I didn't have the best scrimmage, but um, or no, I didn't wear it in the scrimmage. I wore it on our first game. Um, but then I just was like, wait, I'm just going to go like back to the braid. So I always wear my hair like with a braid. Um, and then other than that, I'm not like super superstitious really, but, um, I would say probably the game day braid. It's one of my go-tos. I think Sam Apuzo also told us that, uh, that you would always braid her hair was her routine. I think when we talked to her, so is that, I guess, I guess back and forth. Have you guys been able to braid each other's hair since, uh, you've been on site? no we haven't actually when I was walking off the field she was coming on and she had a braid and I was like Sam who did your hair and it was <laughs> Emily okay it looks good it looks good like I'll give it to you <laughs> that's fine another I reason did, why you guys got to be on the same team I know I did do Ali Kennedy's braid um this past weekend too I'm like a big team braider I would always have at BC I'd have like five girls lined up waiting for me and I just go one by one go. that's funny awesome and then my second question is uh, what is your favorite venue to play lacrosse at? And that can be also throughout college. I'm trying to think. My sophomore year, we were so spoiled and we played at Gillette. Nice. So that was pretty incredible. Not every day you can say you've played with the Patriots mm. play. So that was amazing. Awesome. And then number three, what is your current stick setup in terms of uh, head shaft and stringing? Yeah, so I'm sponsored by SDX. So um, right now I'm using the Exalt. It's kind of my go-to. I'm not a big fan of change. I've been kind of messing around with some other sticks, but I love STX and I feel really lucky to be a sponsor of them. Yeah. Awesome. And then uh, number four, what has been your toughest matchup during your career? 
Ooh, toughest matchup. I might have to say Marie. Awesome. You're yeah. probably glad to have her on your, your side for uh, <laughs> exactly. yeah, this week. Totally. And then number five, if they made an Athletes Unlimited lacrosse video game, who do you say deserves to be on the cover? I would have to say Hallie because of that BTB, that first opening goal. That was pretty incredible. And that was awesome. awesome. That was awesome, yeah. too, that I think there was, like, quite a few BTBs that started off the games uh, that followed as well. So yes. um, you guys are definitely balling out this this summer. That's for sure. That's awesome. And I'll take the off the field question. So number one, obviously you're on the field, right? Playing so much, but what are some hobbies or activities you enjoy when you're not on the field? Um, I absolutely love going to the beach. I don't know if that's really a hobby, but I'm such an ocean girl. Um, I hang out with my family a lot. And then I've recently, this past like year and a half because of COVID, I think I really got into yoga. So every morning I'll do at least like 15 minutes um, of like stretching or yoga, kind of get my mind right. Um, and I've really enjoyed that. Nice. That's awesome. And you mentioned the beach. We're always curious too. favorite vacation spot. Is, is it the beach or anywhere in particular? Anywhere, anywhere with warm weather in the beach. And <laughs> that would be the perfect vacation anywhere. That's awesome. Uh, number three, who's an athlete in another sport you currently really enjoy watching? Oh, well, I've been really enjoying watching the whole U.S. national soccer team. I know they didn't have a great showing against Sweden, but I woke up early and put it on. Um, I forget who they were playing, but they crushed it. And I yeah. really have enjoyed like watching them as a team. I really look up to them in general. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, yeah, I, what, was it New Zealand, right? They, they really took it to poor, poor New Zealand, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, it made it look so easy I'm like oh my goodness yeah they they scored in like the first six minutes or the first like nine minutes of the game I, I once that happened I was like all right I can probably go back to sleep because uh, <laughs> yeah. uh very cool uh number four favorite meal and do you prefer to dine out take out or cook at home favorite meal oh my I always get asked what my favorite food is and okay. my favorite food is cereal with peanut butter and banana it's really weird okay I feel like that's like one of my go-to or I love our sable. So maybe okay. like getting a smoothie, like takeout. Sure. I mm. used to cook like a lot during COVID, but sure. recently I've been kind of lazy and I would say probably takeout. Okay. That works. I have to ask though, what, what's, what cereal do you put with peanut butter and bananas? Um, so I'm gluten-free recently. Okay. And so I do plain rice checks. Okay. I could go kind of boring, but with the peanut butter and the banana, it makes it sweet and you it's mix really it up good. A little bit. Um, yeah. That sounds really good yeah. actually. Very cool. And my last uh, off the field question uh, with quarantine and everything, a lot of people have been binging TV shows or, or movies or reading a lot, anything you'd uh, recommend to our listeners. If you are into reality TV shows, um, Love Island is amazing. Okay. That's one of my go-tos. Um, but I'm also a big, I love music. And so I like was watching The Voice, American Idol. I'm always YouTubing like singers and on TikTok I'm just like looking at people singing so any of those shows my favorite show of all time is called Songland it hasn't come okay. back out but it is so good so any of those nice right, can you sing yourself too or do you just oh my enjoy gosh, listening I wish. To <laughs> I cannot sing I wish oh my gosh I would like yeah if I could be a singer I would do it hands down but I'm awful <laughs> well that wraps up our five and five my final question that we like to end on is uh, what is some advice that you have for a young player looking to one day play lacrosse professionally you actually had some young players, I think today with your futures program. So any advice that you have for them? I'd say that hard work definitely pays off and you can't go anywhere without believing in yourself. 
those are two things that I kind of fall back on whenever my confidence is a little shook is like I believe in myself and I put in so many hours of hard work and so like looking back on that that gives me confidence and so I think definitely for any of those young girls looking to play like in the athletes unlimited like believe in yourself and then put in the work I love that that's awesome well you sure certainly appreciate you hopping on Again, you know, I know it's kind of the wee hours of the night too. So we appreciate you coming on right, right after the draft. Um, best of luck training for this upcoming weekend. And we look forward to seeing you and uh, the rest of your team uh, balling out this weekend. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So that was our interview with Dempsey. We certainly appreciate her hopping on. We're looking forward to seeing her team perform in week two. Um, but let's now go into the PLL, which is also returning this weekend. So we're going to have a busy weekend of lacrosse. We're getting 11 professional lacrosse games this weekend, uh, which has got to be the most, I think, in a while. I, I know we had a lot probably in 2019 with both the WPLL, PLL, and MLL all going on at the same time. But this feels like the highest amount in a long time. Um, so we're certainly looking forward to a busy weekend of pro lacrosse. But, yeah, let's go on the PLL side. They obviously didn't stay quiet during the bye week. They released a mobile game called Top Shelf that is available for iOS users, not Android users, unfortunately. I was not able to download it yet, um, but it looks pretty fun. Again, they have talked about how they wanted to kind of release more of a mobile game first. Uh, I know everyone's been clamoring for an actual console game. I don't know how close we are to getting that. Probably ways off, um, unfortunately, just going, you know, knowing how much goes into developing a game of that size. But it's nice to see a mobile game um, that will hopefully, you know, Attract some lacrosse fans too. You know, I think it's probably going to be PLL fans playing that game, but it's now available on the app store for everybody to try out. So hopefully maybe it gets some fresh eyeballs on the sport. Um, but in terms of that, they also announced largest viewership of the season, 391,000 people tuned into the all-star game. As we mentioned on our previous pod, uh, 399,000 tuned in for the NCAA national championship uh, men's division one. So not too far off from that for this NBCSN broadcast that you also had to contend with NASCAR staying on late. So people tuned in and stuck around because it started on CNBC and then eventually shifted back to NBCSN. Um, But that was like 21 minutes after its original start time. So for them to get their second highest viewership, uh, despite those circumstances, I think it's awesome. Again, it was an all-star game too. It wasn't a regular season game. So I have high hopes for this playoff uh, for, you know, for the playoffs as well as the championship, uh, if the trends continue to to go up as they have been. Um, but I think the biggest news, Adam, that we're all excited to talk about, the Chrome have picked up Donnie Moss, who played for them previously. He's played under Coach Sudan uh, with the Rattlers. Um, but the biggest pickup, Dylan Malloy, is now a member of the Chrome. Long awaited, finally here. And it could have come at a better time for the Chrome with uh, a back-to-back games this weekend and then a final game uh, in that final weekend before playoffs. So, they're sitting right now two and four. They're trying to make a final playoff push. Uh, thoughts on Dylan Malloy signing with the Chrome? Yeah, I mean, going off of what he did in college at Brown, going off of what uh, he did uh, in the MLL with the MLL bubble in particular last year and previously, uh, he was just an absolute dominant force on, on attack and uh, excited to see what he can do uh, with this Chrome squad, right? I mean, they, they, they're hobbled in a bunch of different ways, and I think Dylan Malloy can, can add a lot. Uh, to this offense, man, he's a bruiser. Con Hecox a bruiser. They, they're, they're, they're a tough uh, down low right now. And it's going to be uh, exciting to, to see how he can gel with a quick turnaround, right? He just signed. So he hasn't gotten much time with the squad and um, it'll be interesting to see um, how much he, he gets on the field uh, in week seven and excited to see him get out there. 
you know, absolutely. And again, we don't know the extent of Jesse Bernhardt's injury and obviously yeah. Jordan Wolf and uh, Randy Stotts are out for the season. But I think this break has given them the most time to recover. They're a team, I think, that could bounce back the most from their injuries. They didn't have anyone at the All-Star game, which was kind of a head scratcher, but, you know, in a, a way kind of good for them. They could all rest up. Um, and I think they, they now have the potential to kind of make a playoff run. I think even without Dylan Malloy, they still ha- had a chance, you know, again, tough stretch coming up this weekend. We'll get into the games, but, um, adding Dylan Malloy, a player of his caliber is going to elevate this offense. Like you said, he's a bruiser, former Torton, uh, former number one pick with the Florida launch. He is going to add a lot to this offense. He's going to, he's going to, you know, make the defenses respect him and that's going to open up opportunities for other people on the offense so um yeah i i think you know it, it was a huge pickup by coach sudan um and i it's, i think as good of a, a move he could have made i don't think you could have made a trade any better than that so we are approaching the trade deadline i know me and you don't really expect many moves to happen we're going to kind of discuss our trade thoughts next episode um the trade deadline is august 6th so it, it's quickly approaching but um i don't think we're going to see that many moves i think you could maybe see a team like the chaos make a move I think maybe the Cannons are another team that might need to make a move uh, as well as you go down the stretch. But the problem is I don't see many of these teams that are kind of in the middle or top of the pack making any deals with them. And sure. on the flip side, are you going to see you know a team like the Chrome make a deal with a team like the Chaos or the Cannons and vice versa? Probably not. So I think the odds are there's not going to be much movement in terms of trades. Maybe you'll see a player that's kind of been – you know, on and off a uh, game day roster get moved. But for the most part, I think it's going to come through the waiver wire. And the Chrome evidently, you know, felt that way too by picking up Dylan Malloy. And Donnie Moss too, no slouch, had a kind of a little bit of a rough season last year, but he's a Swiss Army knife. He can play long pole. He can play defensive midi. Uh, you can run him at midfield, you know, in transition. So he, he can kind of do a lot for this Chrome team. And, uh, you know, they have a, a large stable of short stick defensive midis with Tarafanko with Will Haas, who we don't know his status, you know, I think that might be evident why Donnie Moss got picked up. He might be a little bit banged up still, but then they also picked up TJ Camizio as well. So they have some options at the midfield, uh, defensive midfield. And uh, I, I think they're, they're looking, you know, like a pretty solid squad still going into this. I know they didn't have the best showing this last week um, against the water dogs. I think that's kind of been their, you know, kryptonite, the water dogs offense. So, I, I think they're going to bounce back. I, you know, I don't know if they're going to win both games this weekend. We'll get into our game picks a little bit later, but overall I, I'm feeling pretty good. I don't know. Any thoughts as we approach, you know, the final stretch of the PLL season, what are some teams that you, you know, are believer in that they're, they're a playoff contender and what are some teams that you're still trying to figure out? It's such a hard question because the, the league is, there's so much parity right in the league and the teams like halfway through the regular season, we thought, uh, were the most dominant in a team like the Archers and Whips, they're they're on losing streaks right now, right? It's just it's so insane to to think about conceptually the 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 makeup of, of these rosters. In any given week, we can see a, a, a top squad lose. Um, I do think, uh, despite being in the middle of the pack, the Archers are for real, right? I think there's something to say uh, about uh, uh, kind of connectedness in that squad being together for for a number of seasons in a row and if I'm going to say that I have to say the same for obviously uh, a team like the Redwoods right I think um, w- w- despite the the standings the way they are I think Whips, uh, Woods, and Archers are still um, the, those teams that have gelled the longest but um, 
I love the water dogs too. I, I know they're Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, dependent on the week. And for a lot of people, they're frustrating to watch because of that. But uh, I love watching them play. I think they're a really fun squad. Uh, they obviously have two of my favorite players on both ends of the field to watch and Zach Currier and Dylan Ward. So Dylan Ward's picking it up and um, I'm excited to see what these last two weeks are going down the stretch. It's pretty insane how fast uh, the season has gone. I feel like we've had a two week break and I feel like it's going to be absolute um, sprint going forward the rest of the season with two weeks left plus playoffs. Yeah. Luckily we have some breaks in between these yeah. games uh, and we're going to get to our game picks, but I got to put you on the spot a little bit. If you're picking a winner right now and uh, you can flip it right on me right after this, who are you picking right now to win the championship? I know they're, they don't even have a winning record right now, but I'm still picking archers, man. I think they have the most complete unit on, on both ends of the field. And uh, I, I just think uh they have so much veteran leadership that uh, they're, they're going to push through this. And I think they're going to get over the hump this year. All right. I, I, I really like the archers as well. Um, I think you can't really bet against the whip snakes, but um, I don't know for me, Atlas, like they have not missed a beat since that first week. And I think they have a pretty easy stretch, you know, the rest of the regular season, they could easily get this first round by, you know, their, their remaining stretch is the Chrome, the cannons, and in the water dogs and there's no gimme games in lacrosse but i think that's a pretty favorable stretch for them you know they've already beaten the cannons and i think they can beat the water dogs and i think the chrome so uh overall i think they have a really solid chance of getting that first round by and making it all the way to the championship so right now they're my pick again i need to see maybe a little bit more from cal russo um you know obviously you know having jack and cannon in cage would have given me a little bit more confidence um i thought he played well in his last game cal russo did so you know i I still think they're a contender but um you know we'll see how this this final stretch goes but right now i I have to go with the bulls i think what coach ruber has done has been amazing but but let's talk game picks i know i just mentioned the atlas they are opening the weekend against the chrome so who do you like in this game adam you know i love when seasons come down to the final weekend uh of play and i know we're a week away from that but my pick is chrome um i want the last weekend to be an insane weekend for playoff perspectives uh they just signed a a really good player in dumoloy i think they are uh, a good squad and i think if john galloway has one of his his big days as he has this season they can uh, pull out this victory i know you just talked about how much of a unit the atlas are but uh just for for week eight purposes i'm going chrome in this one yeah, I'm going to go Atlas with this one, but I also agree with you that this might be a trap game for the Atlas. They've won four straight, um, and I don't want to say they haven't been contested, but they've, they've, you know, they've covered the spread in all their games, and they've beat teams pretty handily by a couple goals here. So, um, again, no easy victories in the PLL. Uh, I think the Chrome are going to take them down the wire, but as I mentioned, I think the Atlas right now feel like the most complete team. Um, it's going to be a battle between Baptiste and Farrell at the stripe as it was the last time. But uh, yeah, I'm going Atlas in this game. Moving on to the Saturday matchup, we have the Archers versus the Redwoods. This might be the game of the weekend. And this has huge playoff implications with the Redwoods sitting at the top of the standings and the Archers trying to get back to f- above 500. Who do you like in this game, Adam? Yeah, I, I just can't see a team as good as the Archers going uh, into the last week of the season with a losing record. So I'm, I'm taking the Archers in this one. I know uh, the Woods stand atop the standings right now, but I'm going Archers. Yeah, I agree. I can't see them dropping four straight. It just doesn't sit right with me. Um, you know, and they, they've played all these teams that in the past three losses really tight 
too. So I think this is the game they get over the hump. I think it's going to be another close game. I think the Redwoods are for real. They've proven that. They beat the Whipsnakes, who have obviously been a little bit banged up, but it's still a solid team. Um, and I think the Redwoods have proven that, you know, they are also a contender, but um, I think they're going to wake up a little bit and get a little bit taste of their own medicine here against the archers. I think the archers are going to come out on top um, and really shake up this standings, um, you know, knocking off right now. What is the the top team moving on to the next Saturday matchup? We have the water dogs taking on the whip snakes. This is another interesting game. You know, I, I, these teams haven't played each other yet. Um, and, you know, going into the season, I would have probably, you know, mark this on my calendar as a, a huge game. The water dogs have faltered a little bit down the stretch, um, but so have the whip snakes and they're both, you know, water dogs are looking to continue that winning streak that they got going last weekend. And the whip snakes are looking to back, get back in the win column and kind of sit atop the standings. But uh, who do you like in this game? I'm going water dogs in this one. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see this matchup. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what, what this defense can do uh, for the Water Dogs against a, a potent offense. We don't know the status currently of, of a guy like Matt Rambo waiting to see what the injury uh, report looks like for, for the league heading into week seven. So um, I'm taking dogs in this one. The dogs are going to have their day. All right. Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit dependent for me on Rambo's status, but I still think I, I can't see Coach Stagnina's team coming off a bye, you know, not hungry for a win I, sure. I just think he's going to be dialed in he's going to get this team dialed in um i think the water dogs they tend to have those highs and lows you know i, I think this might be a low for them um and you know if it ends up becoming a shootout i like the whip snakes in this game um so i'm gonna go whips i think the water dogs defense has shown it can play at a high level and Dylan ward's been playing really really well recently but i still think the whips are going to return to form and i'm picking them in this one Moving on to Sunday, we have the chaos taking on the Chrome. This is going to also have playoff implications. So who do you like in this one, Adam? In a word, chaos. <laughs> I love chaos, and I want there to be chaos heading in to the final week of the season. So I got to go with Coach Towers' team uh, in this one to, to shake it up, get another win under their belt, and it's going to come down to the wire for, for the final week. Yeah, this is a tough weekend for the Chrome, and I, I think you know the Atlas is going to be a real – tough matchup for them but I think Sudan is going to get them dialed in for this second game um, they obviously didn't play well in their second game of the weekend when they had a doubleheader last time but um, I just think they have more pieces than the chaos do right now I, I think they just play better team ball even despite their losses um, chaos have been playing well recently as well didn't you know didn't really back down when the atlas kind of took it to them they have shown that they really don't have any quit they always are you know, looking to come back. They came back against the Redwoods and ended up pulling off that victory. Couldn't get it done against the Atlas, but I'm going Chrome in this one. I just, I think the Chrome, just their, their makeup, I think they're still built for a playoff run. Um, just given the, the, their big wins against the Archers and the Whip Snakes, um, I think they're going to be able to get it done against the Chaos in a pivotal matchup for them. And then finally, the final game of the weekend, we have the Atlas versus the Cannons. Who do you like in this one, Adam? It's insane. Like, I don't know why you would pick uh, the Atlas to go 0 and 2 in a weekend after we just talked about how uh, successful they've been. But uh, I'm going to stick to my guns and I want week eight to be bonkers. And the only way that can be is if there's no teams eliminated. I'm taking Cannon's in this one. I think Lyle has a big game. He doesn't want uh, his season to end next week. We all want to see uh, Lyle uh, in playoff mode. Uh, they've basically already been in playoff mode. Let's take Cannon's in this one. All right, I can't see the Atlas 
dropping <laughs> two games in a weekend. I can see them going one and one though, because I picked them in the first matchup. So I also like the Cannons in this one. I think their win against the Archers was a gutsy win. I still think this team has some issues at the faceoff stripe, which leads me to believe that, you know, Trevor Baptiste could have a big day. But these teams went back and forth in their first matchup. Um, and Atlas ended up hanging on towards the end off of a big day from Jeff Teat. Um, but I think, you know, in their second game, Cans are going to maybe have an answer for that. I don't think Jeff Teat's still going to ball out, but I think they'll, they'll maybe keep him a little bit more in check. Um, and I think this Cannons offense is starting to click a little bit more. So it just depends on if we'll get the Nick Morocco that we saw, you know, this past weekend in that Sunday game compared to the one we saw in that Friday game. So I think we are going to see, you know, peak performing uh, Nick Morocco in cage. Um, so I'm also going with the Cannons in this one. I also want to see Anarchy and I also want that final weekend uh, to really have a lot to, to come down to with those final six games. So Definitely looking forward to this final final stretch for the PLL. It's crazy how fast it's gone for us, but uh, yeah, certainly looking forward to a busy jam-packed weekend of pro lacrosse coming up. We appreciate you guys listening. As always, leave us a review if you enjoy this episode. Uh, let us know what you liked about this episode and what you want to hear more from. We're always open to feedback, uh, but we appreciate you guys listening and tuning in every week to another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk.